In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds, Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership. Saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast of the USA Today Network. Thanks so much for joining us, and happy Friday, everybody. Woohoo! Uh, let's meet the crew. I'm Brent Molina. I play video games. And what's been getting me through this week is I decided to start a rewatch of The Office, which has been very enjoyable and reminds me actually what it's like to be in an office. So that's kind of, it's kind of weirdly bittersweet, but I'm enjoying it. I'm Kelly Lawler. I watch television. And what's getting me through this week is rewatching Elementary, which is a great, slightly funny cop show and also working on this great new newsletter we're doing at usa today called staying apart together which is about coping with coronavirus so you should totally subscribe because i'm writing it and so you'll hear me talk about paddington if you subscribe by tomorrow's edition which is always great so you can do that at uh, life.usatoday.com if this is your first time listening welcome new episodes of the mothership drop every friday and you can subscribe for free on apple podcasts or wherever else you like to listen while you're on Apple Podcasts, it would make us very happy if you could write a quick review about the show. Um, by doing that, you'll help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. And as a bonus, we give you a special shout out on next week's episode. So try it out. Tell us what you think. It's all upside for you. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod. Or you can send an email to MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Uh, let's get to the main topic. We've been topping every episode the last few weeks. Um, with the movies, TV shows, books, music, and games, and everything helping us get through the coronavirus pandemic and quarantine. And so we wanted to reach out to our friends in the entertainment journalism industry to find out how they're staying sane, too. And we also wanted to just see more people, because we love our families, but I think we'd like to see some other people now. So joining us is Alex Albin, the managing editor of New York Post Decider, to tell us about his quarantine routine and just everything that's getting him through this time. So Alex, thanks so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's also a pleasure to see other people, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> so how is everything going for you? What has quarantine life been? How, how are you holding up? Um, probably about as well as everybody else, I think. I mean, I have two kids, ages five and ten. Me and my wife have been balancing homeschool with the daily grind of work, with watching screeners, as usual, of every TV show. And it just kind of feels like... Every day you wake up, you're immediately going, you're going until the end, then you fall asleep into a stupor, have some horrible nightmares, and then wake up and start it all over again. So just all the good stuff. Well, now I want to hear about one of the nightmares, obviously. Oh, my uh, Oh my gosh. I don't know. I, I had one the other day. I don't know if this is blowing up the spot, but uh, there's the show. I don't know if you've watched Screeners for Upload that's coming out on Amazon Prime. Oh, I really enjoyed Upload. Yeah, me too. And not to, you know, ruin too much of it, but uh, there's this whole thing where Robbie Amell's character, he uh, dies and then his consciousness is uploaded into this digital afterlife. So I had a dream where my dad died 
which was pretty upsetting. But then he was there at the memorial service to kind of help us set everything up. And it was terrifying when it was happening in the nightmare. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, that was just the plot of Upload. All right, we're good. <laughs> right back into the day. Speaking of The Office, Upload is created by Greg Daniels, who created The Office. Yeah, it's really fascinating to watch, actually. I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect from it. And just to clarify, it's coming out May 1st on Prime Video, and I think it's 10 episodes in the first season. Uh, it's weird to watch Greg Daniels doing an afterlife comedy after Mike Schur, also of The Office and Parks Rec, kind of did like the definitive afterlife comedy, but uh, they go in their own directions and they're fun in their own ways. Mike Schur did The Good Place. If you haven't listened to the many episodes where we wax poetic about The Good Place, of the mothership. <laughs> Greg Daniels, just speaking of upcoming TV, also has the Space Force show with uh, Steve Carell coming at the end of May. So he has been busy. Well, he was busy like six months ago. No one's busy now. Well, some, many people <laughs> exactly. are busy now. No one's shooting anything. It's an Office-themed episode, as apparently, and I can't stop staring at Brett's Zoom background, which is the Office conference room. Yeah, ever since I started this rewatch, I've been all about the Zoom backgrounds from the Office. So I have one of the conference room where you can see Stanley in the background and then I have this one now. So nice. I'm going to see if I can find a couple others. Yeah. Did I stutter? Yeah. So Alex, outside of, you know, watching TV for work, is there one TV show that you're kind of drawn to now to kind of help you get through all this? Um, not necessarily. I mean, honestly, a lot of it has been the same sort of thing where it's trying to get as far ahead on screeners as humanly possible to help out the other writers and decider and writing stuff myself, just because even though things have stopped and eventually we are going to reach a point where TV is going to run out of that content, I think there's still so much going on and particularly Netflix, Prime Video, Hulu, uh, I guess Queeby just launched, <laughs> you know, there's, there's more than enough things to be watching if you really want to. But in terms of downtime, I think the biggest thing that I've been doing to kind of take my mind off things, we, we were a very technologically advanced family. We have a Wii U. I don't want anybody to get jealous, uh, but uh, we've been using that a lot because the kids have been really into just dance in particular. And that's been really good with not getting outside, just to have some movement time. You know, you put on a just dance playlist for half an hour and we're all having fun and moving around. And then there's just a bunch of other Wii games that I discovered. One of the, that completely went out of my memory until I went back in the backs and found it was uh Link's crossbow training, which yes. is a leg- yeah, which is a legends of Zelda spinoff. It's like 10 levels, and it's just shooting stuff in Zelda games. And my son has become completely obsessed with it. He's like, can we, play the, can we play the Link game? Let's play the Link game. So we've been doing a lot of that. And I think uh, other than the TV time, which, again, uh, has been watching stuff mostly for work or to get ahead on work, uh, I ha- have never had time to play video games recently just because there's so much of a grind with tv shows coming out that it's actually been kind of a pleasure to go back to that and play them occasionally it's interesting you bring up the wii though because of all the times where that console would actually be the most exciting to use it would be now because we're just kind of stuck at home and Mm -hmm. it's harder and harder to find ways to stay active outside of you take a walk around the neighborhood and stuff and it is interesting like I could see that console, if that console came out now, like so many more people I think would have been really fascinated by it just because of that ability to move around and another fun way to be physical when you're kind of finding yourself cooped up. I feel like I'm not the only person that's discovered that either. I feel like I've seen other people who 
have been tweeting about, oh, wow, used my Wii for the first time in a while, just because to your point, yeah, it's actually when you haven't left your house in a couple of days and you don't have a backyard like most of us in New York don't, it's a good way of just moving. And uh, Just Dance isn't the only game that does that. I played Wii Sports for the first time in probably a decade, uh, but still very good at tennis. So uh, that's exciting. We have a Wii that is not plugged in. We moved into this apartment almost a year ago. Our TV table has slots for like consoles and DVD players and everything. And so we put the Wii and my husband's Xbox 360 in it, but didn't hook them up because we were too lazy at the time. And I was like, (laughs) if you ever play it, you can hook it up. And neither of them have ever been hooked up in like 11 months. But that really makes me want to play Wii Sports. That's such a great idea. And it's like, I think there's so much pressure right now to do like Peloton workouts and like the stuff that's like super, that's like either like intense or also like, this is a workout. This is your workout time. We forget that like what we're missing is just regular movement. Kids aren't walking in between classes. We're not like walking to someone else's desk and stuff. And I think there's less pressure just to like have fun with the Wii Sports as opposed to like, you must do a workout or you will die kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The other game I've been really craving too lately is like Guitar Hero or Rock Band. Yeah. I really miss that game now. And I'm like, it's just so funny how we were so into these games for a while. And now that I guess we're just stuck and our options are limited, I'm all of a sudden like, wow, I really want to play Rock Band right now. I gave away my Guitar Hero World Tour. I had it in college. And then afterwards, I gave it away because like I was downsizing all my stuff to like move around for my early 20s. And I was like, I haven't really played this senior year, but that would be great right now. <laughs> I mean, I will say not to keep talking about the Just Dance or anything, because honestly, we don't have a lot of games, but that's one that everybody in the family is into. Uh, it it has scratched that itch. Like, I've thought about the Guitar Hero Rock Band type thing, and it's the same sort of thing where, like, you're matching the movements and you're trying to hit the beats and everything. But the other thing that I've really enjoyed, and it's kind of sad, but also kind of nice, is they have this world dance floor function where it's you're playing online with other people and they'll pop up little things like five people are dancing in Paraguay or the top uh, dancer is from Russia right now. And it's nice to see those things, but you're like, oh man, there's people all over the world who are playing just dance right now and we're all oh. dancing together. So <laughs> sad, a little pitiful, but also <laughs> nice. I know it, it's actually kind of nice to see it happen. So we've been doing that a lot. Uh, that function of just dance a lot too. So are there other movies or books or, or games or any, just anything in general, hobbies even, like anything that's kind of helped you through this moment in time? Um, also off the TV bent, because again, just uh, mainly it's watching TV and then with the kids, screen time has gone up so exponentially where <laughs> just every Saturday, every Saturday and Sunday in particular, my son will come into the room and be like, hey, can we watch movies all day? And my first instinct is, no, of course you can't do that. <laughs> but then I go through the list of all the things we can't do in my head and I'm like, yeah, all right, that sounds fine. <laughs> Let's watch movies all day. So Disney Plus has definitely been getting a big workout in my house because we have kids and there's just all the cartoon movies and the they've watched Wreck-It Ralph a million times. They've gotten super into that and the sequel, uh, so they've been watching a lot of that stuff. Uh, But also we have, uh, we pulled out the Legos a lot, like just nothing big, nothing crazy over the top. But like a lot of families, my kids were super into Lego Masters while it was on. uh, And I think that's renewed 
interest in playing with the Legos. We have these three-in-one sets, too, that are kind of smaller. They're not a ton of pieces, but you can build them three different ways. And so, uh, particularly for my son, who's five, who can't necessarily build, like, the Death Star, which would be my big quarantine (laughs) project that I want to do, it's a great thing for him where he can kind of go off and play with that, and I can help him give a little tip here and there. My niece is turning three in May, and um, I got her Duplos for Christmas, and she is sort of at the point where she they, they have the instruction sheet, and she's looking at it, and she's like, those are two white blocks, and like starting to try to make the things on the sheet instead of just like sticking stuff together and like throwing them, which is white what the first use of Duplos is, and it's making me so happy. Like there's this video of her making like a little heart, and it's just like, it's so, it's so sweet. Speaking of screen time and kids, my three-year-old niece um, also is doing a lot more screen time. And my sister and her husband were thinking of if it's, if she's like ready to like watch a movie, but they couldn't think of like, what would be the first movie? You guys are two mm. cool pop culture dads with relatively young kids. Do you have any, do you have any first movie suggestions? I wonder if that's something a lot of parents are thinking about right now. Mm. Well, one um, one movie that we just saw, and I'm trying to think if it works for a three-year-old or if it's going to be a lot, but we just finished Trolls World Tour, which was really, mm. really good. And the music's really great. It's got a lot of different music. It might be a little much, though, I think, for a three-year-old, the more I'm thinking about it. Like, um, like I think back to my daughter, because when she was three, the first movie she saw in the theater was Frozen. And... Mm. That was one of the we were nervous too because we figured she's probably not going to sit through this because it's about an hour and a half and she you know but she was totally transfixed and she loved it um so yeah i'd probably pick frozen i i it she loved it it was yeah we seemed to have a really good time with it i'd yeah that's my pick I mean, on the same bent, this is a pre-quarantine project that we have, but when uh, Disney Plus launched, the kids decided they wanted to chronologically go through all of the princess movies, and we kind of encouraged them to do the other Disney animated movies, but they had no interest. They were like, yeah, 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 we'll do that later. But I do think something like that... uh, depending on what your niece is like and what she's interested in, you know, you go back to like a Snow White or a Cinderella, they're certainly less frantic than more modern movies. So it's the sort of thing that it might allow some time for conversation in the background or pausing and explaining, okay, this is how a movie works. And they're also very short. Like the first couple of Disney animated movies are about an hour long and that's pretty much it. So they're much more manageable and help you ramp up to say, at three years old, I think my daughter was completely obsessed with Princess and the Frog in particular. So eventually you'll get to that point. There's not too many of them. So uh, that's a fun thing to do. Or yeah, I mean, not to be completely on Disney Plus, but there's just so much stuff for kids and family and organized by age that it's pretty easy to find something just based on a picture that they might respond to, you know? Yeah, I was thinking Snow White because I remembered it was so short. And the longest thing she's watched so far is Sesame Street. So mm. um, they were they were at like no TV shows pre-coronavirus and then <laughs> things changed. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, my kids have, during the course of quarantine, I think finished a complete re-binge watch of Gravity Falls, which they love. 
Uh, they've watched every single episode of that twice at this point. Have moved on to Inspector Gadget. They like <gasps> uh, Miraculous oh. Cat Noir uh, is on Netflix. Yes, that's a great one. Yeah, so they're into all <clears throat> that stuff. Maybe a little old for a three-year-old, but uh, definitely <clears throat> uh, they have watched so much TV at this point. I just am My- not quite sure what to do. <laughs> My kids have been really big into the Disney um kind of scripted family sitcom stuff so and my daughter started to try to backtrack through the stuff that the older stuff that was on before she was born so there's a period she was into kim possible and then there's another show that she's watching right now called the sweet life of zach and cody which is about this these two kids that live with their mom in a hotel that's my childhood Um, yes (laughs) that was from when i was like 11 or 12 that was very cool at that time like around the same time as hannah montana and that's so raven yeah, and we just finished Hannah Montana. So, um, and it's weird because I didn't realize they had a spinoff where they're on a cruise ship too. So I don't. I'll have to learn more about this timeline. I don't want to watch anything now. to do with cruise ships right now. If I'm going to be very honest, <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, it's less about watching them on a cruise ship, but more about how do they go from we're going to live in a hotel to oh now we're going to a cruise ship. So anyway, yeah. um, but Alex, so you recommend TV for a living. Do all your friends and relatives constantly ask you, like, what should I watch right now? And if so, what are kind of your go-to responses? Uh, Yeah, all the time. And I don't know, I'm sure, like you guys, because you do a lot of the same sort of things, that you rattle through in your head, okay, what have I watched that's not coming out for months that isn't going to be helpful at all versus what's actually on right now? Um, So, I mean, in terms of the stuff that, like, isn't exactly on right now but i usually recommend anyway is i've gotten a little head on killing eve i think this season is much stronger than the last season and i've been enjoying it a bit it's not quite the level of the first season but it's fun and it's breezy and dark at the same time and jody comer and sandra oh are great uh and i think at this point i've seen about half of the season i don't remember what's broadcast but that's good uh better call saul that just wrapped up this season was phenomenal it's not unstressful so if you're looking for something to chill out and watch it's definitely like i watched it because it was good but afterwards i definitely felt more stressed out and worse than i did right now Uh, and then the other thing that i've been recommending to everybody just because i think it is a perfect quarantine binge watch is outer banks on netflix uh which is the show, it's like the OC meets Goonies is basically the pitch where it's a bunch of teens. They live in the Outer Banks in North Carolina. The whole town is very heavily split between the haves and the have nots. And maybe there's a little romance between the two of them. But at the same time, the main character is uh, tracking down some sunken treasure, like literal golden sunken treasure that's been sunk off the coast. And it's ridiculous and fun teen show and romantic. And it's just people running around with their shirts off and surfing and everything. And it just feels like the perfect breezy escape right now. Um, It doesn't quite hold it together until the end of the season. The last couple of episodes are not quite as good as the first couple of episodes, but Again, that, that's been what kind of my go-to right now when people have been like, oh, what should I watch? I'll say, Outer Bags, just take your mind off of stuff for 10 hours and have a fun time. Well, Alex, thanks so much for joining us. Um, it, was, it was great having you, and best of luck getting through all the quarantine, <laughs> coronavirus, everything else that we're dealing with. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me on, and I'll see you guys on the World Dance Floor on Just Dance, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe I can buy a Wii U since you can't buy a Nintendo Switch anywhere. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> okay, listeners, it's your turn. Uh, what's getting you through this week? What should we be watching that we're not yet? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us directly. I'm at Brett Molina23. I'm at KLALS, K-L-A-W-L-S. And Alex, where can people follow you on Twitter? Oh, sure. Uh, at Ace Albin on Twitter. I'm, even in the midst of everything, on their way too much. <laughs> Don't forget, you can email us, too. We're at MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Uh, that'll do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producers of The Mothership this week, Natalie Boyd and Claire Thornton. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free. Uh, while you're there, leave us a rating or a review. It helps other people find the show, and we love the feedback. Um, if Apple Podcasts isn't your thing, you can also find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next week, nerds out. Bye.